Curious about the latest in the world of freight and how it impacts you and your business? Dive into our exclusive release of the U.S. Bank Freight Payment Index. Gain deep insights from the billions of transactions they handle each quarter. Visit usbank.com forward slash freight hyphen index to explore the release and sign up for quarterly updates. For a dynamic take on this information and to learn what's happening now in the business world, stay in the loop by subscribing to Supply Chain Now on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges, and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Scott Luton and Greg White with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Gregory, how are we doing? I'm lonely, Scott. I'm just sitting here <laughs> next to this empty chair. Right. Just waiting for somebody to drop in to talk to. Oh, well. No, I'm, doing good. I'm doing well, Scott. I'm trying to use proper grammar, so I'm doing yes. well. Thank you. How are you? Oh, you're going to make Kelly Barner very pleased. Then. Oh, I know. Kelly Barner, very pleased. Well, hey, uh, unfortunately, Kelly's not with us today. We've got a big guest here today, which mm. you're foreshadowing with the second chair. So, um, so stay tuned, folks. About twelve twenty-five is uh, we have a special guest join us. But hey, in the meantime, Greg, yeah, right. It's the supply chain buzz where every Monday at twelve noon Eastern time we walk through some of the leading news stories of the day across the global business world, especially when it comes to supply chain. And uh, Greg, should we let the cat out of the bag when it comes to just who our special guest is? Yeah, let's do. Let's do it. You want to do? I want you to do it. Well, um, it seems a lot like nepotism if I do it. <laughs> well, yeah. So Delaney White, a special supply chain now correspondent, is here today. Now, Delaney set the world on fire when she joined Greg for a special episode of Tequila Sunrise back in the day, and she's back to share some of uh, her observations around, gosh, SVB and that continuing uh, saga, the the talent market, Greg, and yeah. probably. We'll talk a little bit of food too. What, what, you, you excited about it? I am. I'm, I'm really excited about it because she, as you, you got to see in the pregame here, she's so much smarter than I am, and <laughs> uh, and uh, she's got a really uh, good perspective on the marketplace because the company that she works with, Deal, that's right. D E E L, is a Silicon Valley uh, Israel unicorn, and um, and they focus on the labor market. So it's a really interesting company. We might learn a little bit about that, but um, they, everyone there has their finger on the pulse of what the heck is going on in, mm. in the labor market globally. Not, not to put pressure on her, but right. But I mean, the company itself right. manages global labor. So not just what's going on in the CSRA, AKA the central Savannah river area. That was an, oh, oh, <laughs> an acronym we grew up with in, in Aiken, uh, South Kakalaki. That's interesting. The low country, right? <laughs> as we as we call it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so Greg, really excited uh, for Delaney joining us here in 20, 25 minutes. And uh, of course, we want to hear from all of y'all. We're going to say hello to a few folks here in just a moment. But hey, Greg, um, 
Today, I brought a special Elvis-inspired version of Happy Birthday I was going to sing to you. But then I saw your Slack message, and I, and I put that act away. But all kidding aside, <laughs> all kidding aside, very happy birthday to Greg. Yeah. I got, you know, it reminds me, it was a year or two years ago where we had that montage together, especially your mom made the appearance, if you remember that. And that was just that uh, was was wonderful. That the safety bar in her shower? Yes. 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 <laughs> that, is worth, that is worth a revisit, isn't it? Oh, it is. You know, I, I, I talked to her this morning. She calls me on my birthday at the precise time I was born. Yeah. <laughs> and, and in more than two decades, I've never managed to look at look at the clock and be able to tell you what time that is. But it's somewhere around 830 in the morning. Okay. So, um, so without fail, she calls at 830 on this one so, day a year, huh? Central time. Yeah. Central time. Aha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was a good talk, but I, I'm going to have to remind her about the safety bar. Oh, that was great. It was such a, I hear about that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. All right. So folks, uh, happy birthday, Greg, to, from all of your family here at Supply Chain Now, and hope you have yeah, a very you. special day. Thanks for carving some time out to spend a portion of it here. Let's say hello to a few folks. And then we're going to roll right into some uh, a few program notes, and then we've got several stories to get through before all before Delaney joins us here around twelve twenty-five. So, up first, uh, Larry Klein down in South Georgia. Larry, hope this finds you well. Uh, T squared, Greg, can we do a show without T squared holding the fort down for us on YouTube? Well, sure. Heck, better not be my birthday show if uh, <laughs> if we're going to do one without him. So I'm glad you're here, Tyrone. That's right. <laughs> Miss the fort, as we have come to call it. <laughs> Uh, Gloria Mar, great to see you here. Good morning. Raining again in L.A. and loving it, she says. How about that? There's a whole song about it never rains in Southern California. Isn't that like a 60s song or something like that? Oh, I'll go with it, man. Uh, it sounds, sounds like a, a lovely tune. <laughs> uh, Dudane, uh, I believe. Dudane uh, via LinkedIn. Let us know where you're tuned in from. Welcome, welcome. Amika, nice to be here again. Well done, Scott and Greg. Hey. Thanks for joining us, Amika. Yeah. LinkedIn. Check it. Uh, check through the whole episode and then let us know if we have still done good, please. Yes. Please. Yes. Lots of birthday wishes uh, for Greg, including one from Leah Luton. Thanks, Mom. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, Kamisha uh, Juan's tuned in from Dubai. Uh, good morning there. Good evening here via LinkedIn. Great to see you, Juan. And uh, welcome, everybody. I need to ask what the weather is in Dubai. Oh, I bet it is a tad bit different than it is here. And Catherine, big thanks to Catherine, the man, to Chantel, everyone uh, behind the scenes helped make production happen. Happy Buzz Day, as Catherine shared. That comes at one o'clock. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. And by the way, T-Squared says, Greg, that's a 90s song. Tony, Tony, Tony is the group. No, no, no. That's a, that has to be a remake. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. We got a jam-packed show. I think, I think the original might have been Burt Bacharach. I don't know. I'm sorry. Ah, that, that that seems to connect. Never rains in Southern California with Burt Bacharach. It sounds like Burt Bacharach. Um, yeah. T squares throwing in Tony Tony Tony, which is feels good. Was their number one claim to fame? If you remember that tune from the '90s, um, but <laughs> music trivia at eleven. Okay, folks. Let's. I want to share a couple of quick events, Greg. Uh, we have been uh, preparing, enjoying the preparation process for this very special webinar tomorrow, March 21st. Hard to believe we're already here. Five tips for creating effective digital content. Now, Greg, 
as we all know, it, who's not creating content, trying to trying to get their message across and, and build rapport with their respective community or customer base or you name it. Everyone right. is, right? Yeah. We get a we get a hundred questions, right? Of course, we do a ton of these kind of things and we do them with practitioners and we do them with service providers and all that sort of thing. We just get a ton of questions on how do you do that? So being the giving folks that we are, right? <laughs> Scott and the team uh, put together this concept with some outstanding people, Ursula and Brandy and uh, from SAP and IBM respectively. And uh, they're pretty darn good at it too. So it's going to be a great thing to tune in uh, and, and learn how to create effective content. So, um, so true. You know, we've talked to a lot of people who have what I love to call or what they love to call targeted. They do their own webinars and they're very targeted, which means 17 people show up. <laughs> um, and <laughs> I mean, that's basically my interpretation, right? But if you're looking for something that's a little bit more broadly appealing, appealing, um, then that's what this is about to get three, four, five, six hundred registrants and one, two, three, four, five hundred attendees. <laughs> now that is definitely a tune. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So 12. get this, Scott. Um, What's that? In the effort to never, never scrimp on research, okay. Tony 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 did remake the original song, which is composed by Albert Hammond and Mike Hazelwood, Wood, and sung by Hammond, a British-born singer-songwriter, in 1972. So okay. both answers are correct. <laughs> so we thanks for playing T squared. <laughs> so T squared, we owe you. Apologies are on the way. That's right. We owe you an adult beverage or something, or, or maybe a Starbucks coffee. Be on the safe side. But hey, uh, great catch and great for you to be here. Um, all right, and we want to just finish that thought. Uh, so, folks, join us tomorrow. Uh, you got to register for this though. You got to join us tomorrow, 12 noon Eastern time as we welcome in the one only Ursula Ringham and Brandy Boatner. I promise you, you'll leave with a whole lot more, uh, learnings and, and really just a lot of fun, uh, after yeah. this session tomorrow. Now, Greg, moving right along, this little ditty did really well over the weekend. So with that said, is yeah. our, is about our, <laughs> that's a good looking picture, by the way. With that said, is our weekly LinkedIn newsletter, right? And as we like to talk about, it's, it's really a fast growing. We're approaching 21,000 subscribers. So thank you all for everyone getting behind it and being a part of it. We This weekend, uh, in a way that we didn't really plan, but it just kind of came together, we were celebrating your very popular supply chain commentary, uh, which happens every Monday, Wednesday, Friday on LinkedIn. I think it's safe to say, Greg, uh, that there's been over a million views of your commentary. You know, you've been doing them for, you know, probably more than a year now. And like you're talking pre-show, some of them have really resonated. Uh, yeah. And have got, not only has a lot of folks, you know, read it and worked through your commentaries, but they're part of the conversation, right? So Greg, uh, you published one today. Just tease that a little bit um, and then we'll make sure folks know how to find with that set. Yeah, Allbirds, um, which is a, uh, sustainable shoe and apparel company, their stock has just been absolutely crushed over the last, well, just few weeks, but of course, all this year. Um, and last week, they announced two things. One really good, a plant-based leather. That's all one word, or all one hyphenated word, plant-based leather, <laughs> shoe. Um, and then immediately after that, they destroyed all the fun of that by uh, announcing earnings, which were terrible, sales, which were down 
overall year over year and 60% drop in sales in their retail stores. So uh, being a retailer, and frankly, this analysis wasn't even in my newsletter. This was something okay. that told people over the weekend said, should we try to buy Allbirds? So I did a quick down and dirty analysis and just thought I would share it with uh, the LinkedInverse out there, LinkedInverse out there. And um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, go to it. I'm sure they can drop a link. Uh, they can drop a link in the commentary. Go to it and read it. And it's pretty, uh, it's been uh, pretty popular. Yeah. So, you know, obviously a great shoe company and several people have already reshared it and given their take on my take or encouraged other people that either know the company or know the, the ESG space to chime in on it also. And I'm working about three or four uh, uh, text streams on this yes. thing too. Should we buy it? it? Are their shoes any good? That all, you know, just kind of all over the place. Okay. And it's really interesting. It, it's really uh, brought up a lot of interest. Well, we've dropped a link right there. You can check it out. You can chime in, which we encourage. You can share it. It's all very thought provoking. So check it out there. Um, and as Catherine mentions, uh, I love the rebrand of pleather to plant based leather. So good stuff there, uh, Catherine. Yeah. Well, you know, they had to go away from Naga hide because, you know, who knows how many Nagas have to die to go into Naga. <laughs> Mark Preston says hello from Peachtree City. Mark, great to see you. And really enjoyed our sit down with you. Uh, a month or so ago about how to reinvigorate uh, your continuous improvement. And John says, great to see you, John, wasn't Eric Clapton with the Allbirds <laughs> back in the 60s? <laughs> John, right Good on one. time. Love it. Um, all right. So all, all we brought all this stuff up, this um, this uh, commentary up, because we focused on it on our weekly LinkedIn newsletter, because uh, I've deemed this must-see POV, a little play from the Thursday night promos from NBC back in the day. Okay. And as you TV, I thought you <laughs> might have been going there. Yeah. Yes. And as the as the title or the headline suggests, one of the big thrusts is what Greg's so good at. Don't just start and get your news by reading the headlines, which which every media, you know, everyone has a little blurb. You got to go deep into really what it's telling you. So, folks, check out with that said, I promise that um and check out Greg's supply chain commentaries, and I promise you, you'll be much more informed and in position to make better decisions and be in the note. Reading between lines is as important as reading. Yes, that's right. Well, so Greg, one of our favorite things here, some listener feedback. Uh, our friend Robert, who is in also in Macon, uh, says, quote, Greg does a fantastic job of going further than a soundbite on critical stories as they pertain to supply chains around the world. Often when you look at the underbelly of a subject, one can see just how much work is needed to truly see the benefits that we all want from certain products, such as chip production, which Greg, you, you touched on a couple of times, mm -hmm. and EV production. On the surface, great ideas, dig deeper, and it's another issue. Without knowing the ongoing supply issues, how can one improve it to create the overall promise of a new technology? End quote. Nice, nice job. Nice to say yeah. there, Robert. That is, thank you for that. <laughs> Uh, Danielle says, quote, love the bit about don't stop believing, Scott. I always look forward to your newsletter. So many insights and moments to inspire. This one doesn't disappoint. Well, Danielle, thank you from New York City, one of our dear friends. I really enjoy your content. But I would say that it doesn't disappoint because, Greg, it focuses on, you know, I think we shared three or four of your recent commentaries. 
and uh, as just to give folks a taste of what you're up to three days a week. And for now, folks, again, we dropped a link. If you follow or connect with Greg, you can catch those every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, usually in the mornings. But uh, stay tuned. We're going to make it even easier for you to engage. Greg, before we walk through the headlines here today, uh, your final thought on uh, invite folks to come engage with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the commentary and there's a ton of it today. A couple of thousand people have have reviewed this thing and probably two dozen have have commented on it. And I love getting that feedback because mine is just one perspective. It's usually a really quick take on what is a very complex and deep project, pro, uh, sorry, topic. And, um, and it's also, uh, you know, it's also a lot of times I focus on how what's being said. So our special guest is an expert in rhetoric. So um, love to break down not just the words that people use, but what they mean by the words there. And in this one about all birds, I uh, explore what very promotional holiday season means. So there's always a little <laughs> bit of that there. And let me also say, Scott's good news on Friday morning. Always tune in for that. It's a long week. Um, you've been getting your teeth kicked in all week. And uh, if you follow Scott, you will always end the week with very uplifting news. Love the graphic on that. Don't stop believing. Yeah. Scott, there's somebody <laughs> spray painted. Don't, don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Don't stop, sign. Yeah, stop yes. sign. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. I uh, saw that and had to steal it. So, uh, but Greg, thanks. And, uh, you know, most importantly, folks, thanks for your feedback and, 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 you know, sharing, you know, how you use whether it's our shows or, or some of our other, um, content. Thank y'all for being part of the journey. So, uh, stay tuned, buckle up and get ready for what's next. Um, okay, Gregory, uh, yes, we have uh, a jam packed front end and we've got three headlines. So what I want to do yeah. is I'm going to work through three stories, right? that uh, folks should be aware of. And then, Greg, I'm going to get you. We're going to play a little game. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to get you to pick one. Black and gold. Yes, that's right. Uh, I'm going to get you to pick one to add your commentary on. And sure. then, of course, we've got Delaney joining us here in about 10 minutes or so. All right, so let's do this. Let's share this graphic here. And I think this is, um, you know, I, I love to share developments as we, we continue making strides when it comes to all things autonomous, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so here, and we, and we shop at Kroger, we spend, Greg, I bet I spend eight hours a week. It feels like in Kroger, but I, that's, I'll save that for another day. That's me just trying to find bananas. So <laughs> I, I empathize, dude. <laughs> so, um, Kroger, uh, and this comes from our friends at Winsight Grocery Business. Uh, Kroger is partnered mm -hmm. with autonomous truck company, uh, uh Gatic or Gatic maybe to use yeah. driverless vehicles for the middle mile. The plan is to use Gatic box trucks to transport customer grocery orders from a Dallas-based Kroger Customer Fulfillment Center to retail outlets. The program is scheduled to begin in second quarter 2023, and these driverless runs are set to take place seven days a week across Kroger's Dallas network. Walmart, Sam's Club, and Loblaw or other retailers already using a similar middle mile yeah. approach. All right, from our friends at Supply Chain Dive, food and beverage giant PepsiCo is currently banning palm oil purchases from Indonesia-based company Astro Agro Lestari, all due to allegations of human rights abuses and land grabbing, amongst other things, and other allegations. PepsiCo is currently investigating 
and has also asked its suppliers to halt per- purchases from AAL or Astra Agro Listari in the meantime. And then finally, Greg, in a follow-up to lots of our other conversations and, and, and some of your supply chain commentary, let's talk rare earth metals. According to CNBC, Canada is emerging as a leading candidate to offer rare earth metals to manufacturers as the G7 um, is looking to significantly reduce China's grip. And grip doesn't do it justice on the critical uh, global supply. 98% of Europe's supply of rare earths come from China. Now, it takes, as, as I think last time this came up, I think you mentioned this, Greg, especially as it relates to the U.S. rare earth industry, which has really been you know, lacking and decimated in recent decades. It takes somewhere between five and 25 years for a rare earth mining project to become operational. So Canada is looking to expedite the front end of the process, especially the approval and regulatory aspects. So, Greg, uh, between Autonomous uh, at, at a Kroger near you, um, palm oil and more allegations of, of bad actors doing bad things. Uh, and then, of course, rare earth metal. Uh, just one other way of, of uh, counterbalancing China's leverage across so much industry. What's, uh, which one do you want to, want to comment on here? I'm going to do a few seconds on each one, okay? okay. <laughs> Very quick takes. Uh, I don't Can't know wait. why we need this middle mile stuff in a retail supply chain. I feel like Kroger ought to be able to forecast customer delivery demand just like they forecast um, consumer in-store demand and segment it somehow and just stock the store um, with those goods. Because it's not as if new people are coming to the market Mm. or just choosing to have it delivered or to pick it up outside rather than come in-store. I'm sure there are more complex dynamics than that, but I feel like down the road, they're going to refine these. A lot of these companies with these middle mile organizations are going to refine that. Um, I think Walmart is a great model to follow for fulfilling um, fulfilling e-com demand with the stores. And Kroger stores are almost as big. Well, really quick, you and I had a great sit down with uh, Jennifer McKeon right. uh, last week. Uh, oh. She's one of the senior uh, SVP for uh, what final mile or end to end delivery? No, end to end delivery. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, folks, stay tuned for that because uh, it's gonna it's gonna uh, speak to what Greg just shared. And man, one piece of good news there is her love of being in the store and being with the front line. Uh, all right, so Greg, sorry to interrupt you. What's next? That's okay. AAL, one of the worst uh, um, companies in the in the world. They are one of the greatest offenders of many things. Right? We're not even addressing the impact that they are having on the nor- the natural and native. Animals in the area, palm oil is a huge impact on, is it orangutan, Scott? Mm. Um, it is some primate that they are just destroying, not just mm. their, they're not just destroying their habitat, they're actually destroying the animals. So um, that's terrible. And and Canada, all I'm going to say is, that's a pipe dream. Good luck with that. <laughs> Oh goodness gracious! We got so much catching up, uh, catching up to do when it comes to rare earth uh, minerals. And Greg, you've spoken to some of the causes. Well, you know, part of the problem is that there is a disproportionate amount of these these elements in China versus the rest of the world, right? And um, today, we've been happy to let them destroy their environment. Mm. Of course, they're always happy to do that. Theirs and ours. Um, but but when it hits home, 
I mean, I have a feeling that a country that doesn't want a pipeline that's 25 yards wide coming through their country isn't going to want people to strip millions and millions of acres of right. topsoil and, and elements to, to try and keep up with China. That's just silly. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, all right. So really quick, folks, we try to make it easy. Don't take our word and, and our take on these developments. Do your own homework. Going echoing back to uh, Greg's approach. So we've got uh, the link to the Kroger Autonomous Vehicle uh, story. We've got the link to the PepsiCo story. And we've got the link to the Canada and its aims at, at uh, becoming the world's number one rare earth metal. We'll see. A pipe dream, as Greg calls it. Okay. So, Greg, I think we have hit the time where we're going to bring in our special guest. Are you, I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. I just hope she's here somewhere. All right. We're all about to find out. <laughs> That's right. We're going to find out. Uh, thanks to the swoosh. So, with no further ado, I want to welcome in Delaney White, a Supply Chain Now special correspondent. Hey, hey, Delaney, how are you doing? The swoosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Delaney, how are you doing? I am just lovely. Scott, how about you? Fantastic. You. You, you, well, you know, as we shared on the front end, you blew things up and uh, were cr creating such a ruckus. Last time you made the appearance here, your agent was getting calls from from uh, all across the, the global industry. So we had to have you back. So, uh, so Greg, and it's, it's got to be special to have Delaney White here with you on your birthday on a special edition of The Buzz, huh? That's the best part of it is the birthday, but second is on The Buzz. But yeah, um, and also uh, just a shout out. Uh, we got to spend some time with one of her colleagues at Deal, Jeff Van Vanier, Van, some, yeah, yeah. something French. Close. Yeah, and um, <laughs> what an incredible quality team they have. I mean, of course, you know I'm a fan of hers and not just because I'm her dad. They did a little bit. Um, but, uh, they have a really good team and watching these two, uh, kind of worked and interact together and talk about their business was fascinating. And I got to tell you, it was really encouraging for us geezers to realize that there are some really quality people out there to kind of take the business forward. We get to talk to them every day here mm. in the show and in the comments, but it's good to see, especially your own kids contributing to the great future. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, and so let's get to it. So uh, we're going to be talking with Delaney and Greg, of course, about the ongoing gift that keeps on giving with SASVB. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the talent market, right? And and a lot more. So, uh, all right. So let's start with this. You know, we love our food around here, Delaney, right? Greg and, and really the whole supply chain now, global fam. We love talking food around here. So today, folks, it is National Ravioli Day, so there'll be parades in every every street, <laughs> coast to coast, right? So I'm going to ask y'all, uh, Chef Boardi does not, uh, we can't, no Chef Boardi answers here. What's the best ravioli or Italian food that you've ever had, and where did you get it? And Delaney, you'll have to lead us off here. Okay, so we are disqualifying Chef Boardi. That's good to know. Uh, <laughs> I, I do not place myself above Chef, Chef Boardi, but uh, uh I was I was thinking this over. I actually I would say if any of you guys have been to uh, the Mayborn, the terrace at the Mayborn in Beverly Hills, California, they actually make a a phenomenal corn agnolotti, which I would consider in in the same family as ravioli at least. So uh, sounds if we're not good to me. I'm going to say that's my number two. Okay, <laughs> man, uh, that's high, it sounds highfalutin in Beverly Hills, uh, Delaney. I'm very jealous. Yeah, yeah. It's a good meal. <laughs> and I bet a gorgeous scenery too, huh? Absolutely. It's stunning. 
All right, Greg, that's going to be a tough one for even you to beat. So your thoughts? Well, yeah, I don't eat that much ravioli. I was projecting on Delaney in the green room going, do you eat ravioli? <laughs> I don't really eat ravioli that much. But um, there is a restaurant in Atlanta um, called Mets. I'm not telling you the name, actually, because I don't want to have to wait for a table there. But oh. okay, it's called Metzaluna. <laughs> Good luck finding it. Um, but uh, they do a great seafood ravioli there that is uh, pretty spectacular. Mm. So I'm more of a gnocchi guy. I like okay. My, my pasta, um, you know. Well, yeah. so both of those are, are delicious. He's going to watch this. Watch how he does this. He's going to try and get out of telling us what where his favorite. Right. Is. You, you know me too well. But uh, <laughs> Metzaluna, I, I think I've been there ages ago, kind of pre-kids. Never been to Beverly Hills. So Delaney, I, I will have to do what to make that a bucket list item. But there's a little place in Walton County of all places that right when we came out here, um, it was locally owned, and they made all the pasta right there in the store, and you could watch them do it. Mm. And it was the best. Best pasta I'd had that I can think of, but they went out of business. So maybe they were better at the cooking than than the operational side. But uh, Amanda, if you remember that place, uh, drop the link in the private and in, in the back channel chat. Scott, uh, yes, one more that I think could become your favorite because the story like that is really good. And it's a place called Pomodori here in Hilton Head, and the owner, Go Dogs, is a Georgia dog uh, grad and a highly trained global chef, Amanda, and her dad, who they call Papa Dory, makes the raviolis at home and then brings oh. them in like three days a week. So, man, um, that's those are pretty special. Yeah. Well, th thanks so much for, especially the two of y'all, uh, making us starving here on a Monday, Monday we lunchtime. lunchtime, don't we? Couple a couple of comments here. Mark says, Mark, uh, can we get barbecue inside ravioli in Georgia? You can get whatever you want, probably inside that uh, that ravioli mark. Can we get uh, deep fried? Probably <laughs> T squared fried chicken breast parmesan with lasagna from uh, Germano's in Baltimore. That sounds delicious. That too. is a heck of a meal, man. Yeah. Okay, so we've got to we got to move ahead because uh, we could talk about food for hours on end. And Delaney, uh, you know, obviously as Greg mentioned uh, a few minutes ago. You've worked extensively in the in, in the tech startup space, so I want to get your take uh, on the ongoing impact of the SVB collapse. So, what's some of your thoughts here? Yeah, you know, I actually uh, I, I've been dealing with this pretty directly, uh, being that I work for an international payroll and HR compliance company, right? So, uh, it is a Silicon Valley startup, uh, as my dad mentioned. It is Deal, uh, and on on Sunday, you know, we had quite a few uh, customers or or other Silicon Valley startups that were really frantic. Uh, because we're inching closer and closer to a March 15th payroll. And, and as we all know, you know, payroll is exceptionally important. Uh, a lot of companies stake their reputation, uh, their culture, you know, everything that goes into their, their relationship with their employees and their contractors on being able to pay them on time right, uh, right. over and over again. So it, it was really uh, actually interesting to watch the fallout as I watched, you know, 10, 20 hundreds of, of companies, founders, executives, really trying to figure out how are we going to get access to our funds and be able to pay our people. Um, 
So actually watching the, the, you know, reverberations of something as serious as SVB's collapse and how it impacted, you know, small, medium, even large enterprise businesses, uh, it, it was really uh, pretty concerning. Uh, luckily, you know, we were able to uh, assist a few of these people with getting uh, funds uh, released or, or at least fronting payroll for them. Um, but yeah, the, the impacts of it were exceptionally serious. A lot of people were working late into the night, uh, weekend nights about the, including myself. <laughs> I just hopped off a, a 10 hour flight from Amsterdam. I jumped right on the computer, got on calls, trying to help people figure out, you know, what was going to be the best plan of, of action moving forward. And, and luckily, you know, those funds were released mm. on Monday, uh, but it was really a, a pretty scary uh, weekend and a couple of days for those businesses. You know, that is a, it's a sacred trust that you have. You're, you're speaking to that employers have with their, with their associates or team members, right? That they're going to get paid. Whatever happens can be a good day, a bad day, great week, a terrible week, but the money's going to be in the bank. Mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all have, but man, I've had one situation earlier, I think in my first job after the Air Force, where the employer had bounced a paycheck. Not They bounced mine, but um, a couple of my team members went out at lunch to cash their paycheck on a Friday. And they came back, so their eyes were this big. The check bounced. And that there, there's few situations that makes you feel worse, more scared, more anxious, and that happening. So, um, so Delaney, I bet I appreciate what you and your organization are doing to, to help prevent that same feeling and lack of resources for so many folks have been impacted. Greg, uh, get you to comment. I know we tackled SVB last week extensively, but when you hear that from, from Delaney, what comes to your mind? Well, uh, what immediately came to my mind, I'll talk about in just a second, but what just came to my mind was um, that sacred, as you mentioned, that sacred trust. Literally, our company at one stage, Blue Ridge, long, long time ago, we closed a round of funding on Friday, where fortunately, I didn't find out about this from my CFO until afterwards, where we would not have made payroll Monday if we had not Mm. closed that that round of funding. And um, actually, I found out over the weekend before the payroll, and it puts a little bit of a damper on the celebration. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. It's critical. Look. Um, you don't have if you don't have people, you don't have a company, and um, you have to maintain that trust. Pay people first, right? So that's critical. And, and the other thing that I think we, um, you know, we're coming to realize over the last week, especially, is that though the federal government FDIC did guarantee all deposits, that doesn't mean all deposits were instantly back available um, to those companies on Monday. They were guaranteed as of Monday, but I've heard many, many stories of companies who, though their funds are guaranteed, they have $20 million less in the bank than they had on Friday when SVP closed. Mm. So um, the, um, you know, the trouble is real, right? And, and extra efforts like this and some of the plans that Delaney and her team are probably coming up with to, to help get companies through are really, really important. But the other thing I think we have to recognize and understand is that the reverberations of SVB, what they call it, the contagion, right? Um, it continues because those companies might be as much, I learned over the weekend, those companies might be as much as six months away from getting all of their deposits back. 
Um, and companies build, ca- look, everyone here works for a company, right? Or has a company. Companies build their in, the entirety of their existence around a cash flow model, many of which are being completely reworked as we speak. So it's not, they're not necessarily out of the woods yet. And the contagion is real. Credit Suisse yeah. just got bought. Um, and that's a huge concern for the market because they were insolvent and other banks appear to be struggling as well. I don't want to cause a run on the banks or anything like that. Right. Thank you. It's very, it's very public, the banks that are in trouble. Nobody is hiding that. So um, if you haven't heard, there's nothing to see here, folks. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the, there are reverberations through this that we don't hear about. And, because, and you know, part of the problem is the noise in, in the airspace, in, in the media, is all around the politics of it and how mm. politicians can gain advantage from how they frame or misframe what is actually going on. The, the truth is out there. It's just not going to come to you from a politician. It's going to come to you from your bank. It's going to come to you from your fellow business associates. Keep your eyes wide open, right? Um, and, you know, just make sure that you're on top of uh, where, where your bank is. There are all kinds of new analysis tools out there that allow you to evaluate the, the um, stability of your bank. So, uh, Greg, I would love to say... Well said and and a great message, but man, it's such a it's, it's a scary time, you know. And and I can't imagine. It's tough for me to put my shoes or put my feet in other people's shoes that had all of their their funds, their startup monies, their payroll, all of their you know wherewithal, right, mm-hmm. for cash resources in a bank. And then you you read the news or, or get a note or an email and, and find out about the collapse. I, I so I can only imagine. So Delaney, thanks to you and your team. For doing what you do and and and, and folks like you that that help uh yeah. leaders and and founders and and team members you name it through tough very difficult sets uh sets it's of circumstances not, can we talk about one practical practical sure. thing since it is a bit scary so yeah. what i learned what we learned over the weekend was there's this notion called waterfalling where if you have say a million dollars in the bank they can create four $250,000 accounts and then have an, what they call an automatic sweep that sweeps money from one account that gets used, right? From the accounts that are just additional stores of money so that none of them ever go over 250000 and so that the operating account also does not get depleted. So talk to your bank about that if you have concerns. Um, and if your bank can't do it, there are banks out there that can do it. So, Greg, well said. And you know what? We've got more expert commentary from one Vicky White. <laughs> Vicky says, hey, don't run your money to the big banks unless necessary. We don't need those big guys having more of a monopoly on the banking industry anymore than they do. How about that? That is a really fantastic insight because that is the inclination. And there is some chatter out there that that is the natural product of all of this confusion not that it's being engineered that way but that it just kind of happens that way right so. um all right so we're gonna shift gears here in a second i want to welcome in hey jeremy uh tuning in from madison wisconsin milwaukee tool jeremy great to see you and let us know what you think of the conversation y'all, y'all feel free to comment on your take of svp or where we're going next is the talent market right the talent market so delaney you've got a lot of experience and expertise when it comes to uh, all things talent. And a lot of organizations, as y'all know, we're currently recruiting, you know, uh, and it is really tough. I don't have to tell y'all or probably any of our listeners, it is next to impossible to find 
really good talent and then keep them, right? Uh, so special and recruiting side. So, so Delaney, when it comes to the global talent market, what's a couple of observations? What do you see in there? Yeah. Uh, uh, there's, you know, looking at back at 2022, it's, it's a pretty difficult year to analyze because the first half of 2022 is entirely different from the second half. Uh, but there, there are absolutely some trends that I think are noteworthy and that can be beneficial as, as people continue to source talent. Um, so a, a few things that, that I took away in my experience and that also, you know, in, in using deals data, we have about 250,000 uh, contracts that, that we analyzed uh, in about uh, 160 countries, 15,000 customers. Uh, but, but what we took away is, is that Latin America continues to dominate uh, in, in terms of global talent. So mm-hmm. over and over again, people are sourcing talent from Latin America, uh, as well as uh, an interesting observation is APAC businesses are growing the fastest by far. Uh, and, and not only are they growing the fastest, but also behind Latin America, APAC is the second gro- uh, fastest growing global workforce. So a lot of people are hiring in, in the Asia Pacific area. Um, terminations are absolutely up 107% increase mm. from last year. And there is an impact on average salaries, we're definitely seeing a reduction in average salaries. But there's certain countries like the Philippines, where which are still continually seeing increased salaries because there's so much hot talent there, such a powerful uh, uh, workforce in that country, and people continue to source internationally in in the Philippines. So those were a few things that I I, I thought were were interesting. Uh, continually, we see that uh, the global workforce often people are hiring product positions, but there was a, a pretty big increase uh, in demand for project managers this year. Uh, they actually ranked top five for the first time in in hired positions. So, if you're a project manager, really good market for you right now. Um, other than that, another interesting one: uh, Bangalore, India, actually became the most global workforce-centric city. Uh, wow. Initially, it was San Francisco. Uh, but there are people from uh, the United Kingdom, Canada, uh, Argentina, uh, Spain, all flocking to Bangalore and working uh, there globally. Uh, mm. So pretty That's interesting. Cool. Couldn't tell you exactly why that is. I would be really curious uh, to know. But um, yeah, overall, some really big fluctuations in the global workforce, some really big shifts in our salaries. But when you look at the numbers, continually global workforce uh, hiring is increasing and Mm. it's diversifying. We're seeing more and more industries uh, entering the global hiring landscape. uh, And we're seeing an expansion of roles from traditionally software roles, product roles to project management increases in teaching roles globally. Uh, A a lot of different trends that I think are are positive and and encouraging, uh, but definitely some really big changes as well. Yeah. So uh, Delaney, that is outstanding. I just want to add, uh, and maybe you're alluding to it in the the last uh, part of your answer there, with the remote workforce that, of course, uh, has become front and center the last two or three years, it sounds like to me that a lot of organizations that maybe were more rigid about how they found talent and where that talent came from and how they structured all that, maybe 
you know, taking those blinders off and really leveraging the global workforce in different parts of the world to do work that you can do anywhere. Is that is that kind of some of what you're seeing behind the data? Yeah, absolutely. You know, tech is is really led uh, remote work, but we're seeing financial services, we're seeing uh, teaching, we're seeing all kinds of different industries enter the global workforce. Um, anyone who knows me knows I'm an enormous advocate of global and remote teams. I think it really unlocks a, a whole different level of talent. Uh, and, and again, we're seeing, you know, some of the most powerful uh, workforces as of today are in Latin America and the Philippines and uh, Asia Pacific and, and areas where U.S. businesses or, or other businesses haven't traditionally expanded to. Uh, and they're seeing just fantastic talent. But yeah, absolutely diversifying, absolutely some more traditionalistic industries, uh, uh, dipping their toes into remote hiring, global hiring. All their toes too, Delaney. All their toes in that in that in that pool. One last thing, Greg. I'll get your comment here. You know, I was sure. approached with a company the other day. Um, uh, we had, we've had some great interns over the years here at Supply Chain Now, and this company, uh, maybe on the startup side, I can't remember, but they specialize in finding interns from across the world. So you're not just focusing your efforts on interns from your local college, university, but from uh, across the globe. I thought that was pretty cool, yeah. Greg. Weigh in on what on all the data and, and industry insights that Delaney just dropped on us here. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think this is as much a change of mindset from the workforce as it is from from the employers. And that is, we called it WFH for a long time, work from home. But really, it's WFA, work from anywhere. Because anywhere, like Bangalore, which has a great has a great infrastructure, it's long been a tech hub. I mean, if you have, as we had at, at Blue Ridge, you you. Um, you've had an, an offshore facility that did some of your technology or project work or whatever yep. um, in India, and Bangalore is a huge hub for that. So I think a lot of people are going, okay, well, I could live there on a third of what I make here and live a better quality of life. And and I think we'll see more of that. People, I mean, we're already seeing people moving from the big cities to smaller areas or to other areas other big cities where they, you know, are more comfortable because they don't have to commute. Um, right. Or, or if they do, it's, you know, maybe two or three days a week that they have, they have to commute. So yeah, uh, this is very much workforce led. We'll continue to see that happen. Um, I mean, you know, you can buy a town in Italy for $180,000, the entire town, just imagine <laughs> buying a town really and making it a place where, um, you want to work from, or others want to work from. You just create yeah. a town of your best friends, and <laughs> right. And let me and ask: work for wherever you work from there. Let me ask Delaney the hundred eighty thousand dollar question. Then, <laughs> would you be a resident of Greg Whiteville, Delaney, <laughs> in Italy? You have to name it something else. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I don't think Whiteville would go over very well. But. Yeah, yeah, I, I think okay. I would. I kind of am in some form of that already. Uh, <laughs> Being related to him, uh, right. but yeah, absolutely, I, I totally. All right, so good stuff there. Let me share a couple of quick comments here. Uh, Glormar, who is PMP certified, you were talking about project management uh, and how hot of a of a, of a skill set that is here lately. Top five for the first time, I think. I heard you say, Delaney. Glormar says, "Love to hear that because uh, she's talking about global business trends. I always wonder." She says why U.S. companies are moving businesses from China to other parts of the world when Latin America has so much to offer. Yes, it will not be as cheap as China, but very, very competitive. And Delaney and Greg, I was talking with um, 
my dear friend Albert Sorto the other day, oh, yes. um, who does a lot of work throughout Central America, Greg, as you know, and South America. And he was talking about how a couple of countries in Central America are working on a uh, a competitive route to the Panama Canal. Talk about some opening up some new areas what? of opportunity. How about that? We'll have to have Albert on a, on a new show coming up soon. Uh, Jason says the work culture in the Philippines is collaborative, and they have the motivation to learn more and more all the time. Jason, good stuff there. Yeah. And uh, we've got some other comments around uh, going back to the SVP, but I'll, I'll leave that there for now, SVB. Um, all right, so Delaney, thank you for joining us here today, carving out a little bit of your time. I bet you're uh, having just flown in from Amsterdam. I bet you're still catching up on on, on uh, your timing uh, and, and daily routines. How can folks, if they want to reach out, maybe they, they have you in as a keynote or speak to their team or maybe work with you in your organization, whatever it is, I know they got to go through your agent, but how, how can they connect with you, Delaney? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm more than happy to talk payroll compliance, international hiring, global uh, workforce reports, whatever you guys would like to to talk about. Uh, you can uh, absolutely connect with me via LinkedIn. I believe we have my my LinkedIn somewhere in here in the comments. Uh, I also have a former episode on Tequila Sunrise with with uh, Greg. Yep, absolutely. Uh, this is a oh, a, your hair. Yeah, my hair looks a little different. <laughs> A little different in that episode. Uh, but yeah, that's a fantastic episode. Great way to engage with Gen Z. Uh, but feel free to email me, text me. Again, linked, uh, LinkedIn connections. I love talking uh, global payroll. I love talking remote work culture. Uh, I, I'd be happy to chat with any of you guys. You want to give me your email? Oh, yeah. And my email. Absolutely. Shoot me an email. It is Delaney at deal.com. And that is deal, D-E-E-L.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, check that out. Use the email, use the LinkedIn profile, which we dropped here. And we dropped the link to the episode all in the chat, uh, which, you know, I love the title of this. Uh, Six things you can do to engage Gen Z in your business. Now, as we wrap here today, Greg and Delaney, uh, that was a great conversation. Uh, and it feels like it's feels like it was like a couple weeks ago, but I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, do you remember one of your favorite engagement techniques? Or and if and if maybe it's not something you mentioned on that show, it's something you would recommend to people because I think a lot of business leaders are still trying to to cross that bridge effectively, right? And genuinely, I can never say that word right. I always want to say genuinely, genuinely yeah. <laughs> cross yeah. that bridge. So what if you had if you had to uh, either take one that you shared with with Greg on that conversation or Greg welcome yours as well or maybe something you're seeing now what was, what would that one suggestion be Delaney Yeah that's a that's a tough one just one um, but I I do work with quite a few Gen Zs and millennials and they are extraordinarily motivated uh, I think they're they're exceptionally creative in in how. Uh, they navigate, you know, a very fluid workforce today. Uh, so I would encourage, um, you know, transparency is always so vital mm-hmm. in, in the way you communicate with your team and the way you communicate business decisions. Um, but but I, I think also just in transparent communication with a, a younger workforce, it, it helps in engaging them, but also keeping them committed to the long-term vision of the business. Uh, mm. So it's a broad one, uh, but I think it's an important one and it's worth repeating. Yes. And when I heard you say there or, or imply there, Delaney, is 
don't start with stereotypes. Mm-hmm. You know, don't start with stereotypes. Be go you go. Uh, what's that phrase, Greg? Seek to learn first. Uh, I'm not sure who said that, but uh, seek first to understand. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yes. You always put it more eloquently. But Eleni, thank you uh, for sharing. And folks, check out that episode. There's lots of great learnings along those lines uh, in that Tequila Sunrise episode. Okay, Gregory, yeah. as we wrap, we got to wrap a little early today. Um, we, we got. I know y'all got a tight schedule with the family here today. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap with this. Uh, your option, whether you want to pick something Delaney said here today that folks need to take to the bank, no pun intended, or something from that wonderful sit-down, dedicated uh, conversation you had with Delaney uh, on episode 35. It was probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago, perhaps. So what's yeah, one I, of – what's that? I don't remember when exactly, but it feels like forever now. Yes. Yes, it does. Timeless. It is timeless, uh, uh, Delaney. A timeless episode here at Supply Chain Now. But, Greg, what's the best thing you heard, one thing, from Delaney today or then? Uh I'd have to say uh, overall what I've heard is that the future is safe in the hands of millennials and Gen Z. I think that should give a lot of people comfort. Um, You know, being a Gen Xer when, you know, they thought we were all punk rockers and we're going to burn the country to the ground. I can empathize with the plight of these generations being stereotyped and pigeonholed and all that sort of thing. But I've long believed and long tried to parent in some way that there are exceptions to every rule. Of course, there are elements of every generation that are as the stereotypes, but there are also a lot of the people you see here in our in our commentary, but also this little person here and other persons. She's not little at all. She's like five eight. But, um, but, um, but I think that's the important to think about: is the stereotypes are not the truth, and they're not they're not even a big uh, portion of the truth. And um, I, I think specific to that this generation wants to work towards a higher purpose and um, that to me is the number one thing you need to do you need to be able to as a company enunciate the importance the impact um, of your of the purpose of your company of your vision as you were talking about and um, and if you can enunciate that then you can get them very motivated anyone in your company should be very motivated for a good cause, right? Altruistic vision or, uh, or even just exceptional impact on, on the country or mm. people or the planet. Right. So, um, yeah, that to me, that's the number one thing that any company needs to be able to do is understand Scott, as you call it. So you say it so well, your North star, mm. right. Um, and, um, you know, if that vision is, is, uh, worthy and, and, um, genuine, not genuinely, just genuine. Um, then people will people will align around that, and they'll help you make it happen. Greg, uh, beautiful words, and it comes from a genuine spot. Having you know, as long as I've known you, in front of the camera, so to speak, and behind it, I love that you're that uh, genuine advice there that you just offered up to our listeners. So, um, Delaney White. Uh, thanks so much for taking some time out here today and sharing some of your expertise and observations. Uh, congrats to you and your your deal colleagues for your continued growth and success. And hey, hope to have you back maybe before the end of the year. How's that sound, Delaney? Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. I always have a great time when I jump on the show. So really appreciate you guys. Let me let me come on. 
Well, a blast. Uh, Greg, uh, I tell you, it's got to be special sitting beside Delaney as she is uh, she's uh, uh, putting her own dent in the universe, huh? Yeah, it's it's uh, more validating than anything else I've ever done, honestly. I mean, to mm. see you, you know, some people are there, some people are getting there like you are with your kids, and we see it a lot, you know, as you share what your kids are doing. But it's, it's great to know that you have helped in some small way to make the future uh, a better place with really smart and and um, honest and open people like that. Mm. Or, and well, that made <laughs> that makes my day. So thank you, Greg and Delaney. Greg, always a pleasure, uh, and really enjoyed this special episode here today. So thank you, Greg. Yeah, thank you, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you, Delaney. <laughs> thank you, everyone. Thanks, thank you. guys. Thank you. <laughs> so, I want to wrap here uh, on, on that last thing that, that Greg mentioned. Uh, we do sh- we do share a lot because I, I I see Greg and Delaney. We learn a lot about leadership and business from our kids, right? I, I tell you, I think I, I said to Amanda last week, as our kids have gotten older and older, I, I learn something new from them every day that I apply to business. So, with that said, um, Ben. My youngest is getting back in baseball after being gone for four or five years from coach pitch to now player pitch. So Ooh. it could be pretty scary. So he was, he is facing the the best arm on the team the other day. And as a couple fastballs zoom past him, you know, Ben's tr- still trying to get up speed. He looks at me and goes, it's horrifying, right? <laughs> <laughs> as only Ben can. So talk about being frank and, and genuine because it really, you know, he's speaking from the heart, but, you know, that's, that's, that's what change is all about. It's what change and um, um, adversity and doing things different and, and taking on new challenges. It's, it's scary for everybody. But, man, be like Ben or be like Delaney or Greg. Lean into that, right, because that's why we're here. So uh, to all of our listeners, hope you enjoyed this special episode of the Supply Chain Buds. Greg, happy birthday again from the whole family. Thank you. Y'all have a great day. Uh, folks, whatever you do. Hey, be like Greg and Delaney, right? It's all about taking de- uh, deeds, not words, right? Taking action. And on that note, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. We'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.